Episode 3 of Crisis on Infinite Comics. I am your host, Cody Shedd. And I am your emergency co-host, straight from the utility belt, Clayton Fiemeyer. <laughs> That's right. Danny is not here because of the processes of moving. So, uh, the Bat Fan has pulled out a spare. That's right. It's better than Bat Shark Repellent. Oh, yeah. Um, you may have heard them make fun of me for being the world's only Aquaman fan in an earlier episode. <laughs> that is true. He's the world's only Aquaman fan. Um... This time we are reviewing Batman 696, Superman 697, uh, World of New Krypton number 12, Green Lantern 51, and Blackest Night 7, which, ooh, I can't wait to get to that one. Neither can I. That's just going to be so cool. Yes, the, the, just the last page of that is amazing, but I'm getting way ahead of myself. Um, well, since it's your first time on the show, why don't, uh... You tell us a little about yourself. I already did. I told him I'm the world's only Aquaman fan. That's already enough for them to make fun of me for like hours and hours on end. <laughs> well, that's true. He's also the guy that buys really, really strange comic books from yeah. the abyss that no one knows what the crap they are. Well, they all knew what they were. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really more of a manga reader, but you know, I see all this stuff sitting around. It's like I can't help but read it, and some of it is really good. Yes, and he, he reads my comics, so he uh, he does get his little fix. Uh, well, I guess we uh, might as well go ahead and get started on it. Um, just so you know, he has not read all of the books that we're reviewing today. Yeah, so. I'm kind of going through it as we go. Like, So, if I'm not quite there, I'm but, getting there. <laughs> but he will definitely be there for the, the last two, because he has read those. Mm-hmm. And now Cody just stole the one I was reading from me. <laughs> I need it. All right. So opening up the uh, the the Batman six ninety six. Uh, eh, I like the cover. They did the complete opposite with the cape this time. Last time it was really really small, and now it covers like the whole freaking comic, which I like. And Batman just looks really sweet in the gas mask and everything. That is not Batman. That's Dick Grayson. That is one thing. When we were he's the- Batman for right now. <laughs> He will never be Batman. He's wearing he's wearing the costume. He's Batman. Dude. Jason Todd's also wearing the costume. Well, you know, then Jason Todd's also a Batman. <laughs> oh, boy. So anyway, you, you have this really cool and um, Dick Grayson with the, the mind control gas mask on, the scythe, and the penguin trying to look all menacing at the bottom, but I'm sorry. It's impossible to make the penguin menacing. But the penguin is cool. Come on. He is. Well, he's cooler in recent years than, or in this series than he has been in recent years. Um, opening up yeah, the book. We won't we, quite ever go back to the days of when Danny DeVito played him. Because Danny DeVito was menacing. Well, he was cool then. <laughs> he was okay. No, that was an awesome movie. It, it was, but Danny DeVito is... He was made for that part. He's the right height, the right size, everything. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> so anyway, we open up this book, and um, you see all the little birds flying around at the Gotham Harbor, and you see Dick Grayson laying just as the tide is coming in or out or whatever, all beat up and bloodied, uh, just laying on the beach. Making a very disturbing moaning sound. Thank you for pointing that out. And then, of course, Damien, epic fail. Uh, then we flip on over and we have the splash page, uh, you know, Life After Death Part 5, Mind Games. Now, before I forget, because I almost did, this book was written and drawn by Tony S. Daniel, inks by Sandu Florea, with Norm Rapmund filling in, colors by Ian Hannon, letters by Jared K. Fletcher, cover by Tony S. Daniel. Assistant editor Janelle Siegel and the editor Mike Martin, of course. Batman created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Don't forget him. So anyway, this is probably one of my favorite splash pages of the entire Dick Grayson run because he is completely and utterly brutalized laying on the ground and looks like he can't breathe. Yeah, he's got that ha- that gas mask just hanging half off his face. Well, actually all the way off of his face. <laughs> And the part that disturbs me is like the little half-eaten fish. Who ate it? No one knows. <laughs> um, but yeah, you have uh, Damien waking him up and asking him if he killed the black mask. He's like, well, did you do it? Did you kill it? Yeah, just that, and that's the voice he used. Oh, he might be. You never know. <laughs> Doesn't um, look like he's saying it that way, though. Well, now that you've said it, that's how I hear it. <laughs> I have this effect on people. Uh, then we go back nine hours outside of the mayor's office where there's these dirty cops and the penguin is basically uh, you know talking to Batman or it has his little monologue where he's talking to him about how these are dirty cops and he shouldn't feel bad about it uh, scene down here makes it look like Dick Grayson made one cop shoot another cop and he basically just beats the crap out of him I mean he's not Batman but he is Dick Grayson and a bunch of you know overweight cops aren't much of a match for him well they don't look overweight to me are you kidding me look at that that one's overweight it's the jacket (laughs) okay well he has a big jacket then um then we flip back over and we are at the present once again with Dick Grayson riding silent I mean yes with Dick Grayson riding silently next to Damien who is driving asking him questions Asking him who he's wearing the mask for, you know, kind of talking to himself and stating that Dick probably wouldn't remember if he killed him or not. And Dick basically just doesn't respond. And then Robin's like, blink twice if it's this thing. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, blink twice if it was Two-Face, Mario Falcone, or the Penguin. And Dick just kind of sits there. Um, Then we go back over seven hours earlier in the mayor's office. Uh, he is talking to the penguin when Batman bursts in and breaks his hand. <laughs> and that looks vicious. Yes, it really and he, does. And he is asking for the Gene Core package. And then, of course, there's still more of the uh, little square bubbles with the penguin talking. Uh, continuing on, he leaves the mayor all beat to crack. Uh, he gets the gene card package, removes some things from it. Gordon breaks in, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. They look down, and the gene core package is there. With half its contents missing. With half its contents missing. Bum, bum, bum. Dun, dun, dun. Moving on. We're back at the present again. And what 
appears to be Dick Grayson is laying there in the bed. Yes, he is laying there. And he's kind of mumbling a little. He's covered in bandages. He's covered in bandages, talking to Barbara. Who looks uh, oh so good in this picture? <laughs> when does Barbara Gordon not look good? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, of course, then you have Alfred coming in. Little talky, 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 and talky. Moving on. Uh, next page, we have Katrina Falcone doing her little shindig. And then someone puts a gun to her head. But she swiftly disposes of them. Uh, of course, we all know what's going on there if you listened to the last episode. You also saw the whole thing with Selena Kyle popping in on this scene and taking the camera away from Katrina and telling her to never trust a thief. When, of course, Batman burst in and kicked Boom. the crap out of both of them. And then he's staring down Katrina Falcone and she's like, Calling over to Selena, um, partner, <laughs> with this big goofy, oh crap, I just crapped my pants look on her face. Flipping over, we're back at the present. This book jumps around way too much. That was my big complaint with this one. I hate that. It's like, we're here, we're there, now we're here again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you hear the TV, um, Barbara's kind of watching it. And for some reason, I'm not exactly sure why, but for some reason Dick Grayson calls her Oracle. They're, they're, he's just sitting there. Why does he not call her Barbara? Normally he would. I don't know. Uh, next page we have a full page of Dick Grayson take, kicking the crap out of some masked thugs. Where they came from? Who knows? Who knows? But it does look awesome. It's like he's just falling through there, punching each one as he keeps going down. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess they were probably in the compound that Katrina and Selena... And Selena... Katrina and Selena. That's a tongue twister. Yeah. Katrina and Selena. It sounds like a British pop band. But anyway. Or the next hurricane that's going to hit us. <laughs> You're right. Hurricane Selena coming to you next fall. Oh, dang. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you get another page of him. Thunk. Blam, 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 getting shot at, taking these guys out. Now, of course, everyone in Batman comics are horrible shots and never hit him. Ever? I mean, who who would have ever known that people could be such bad shots? Well, like, I, I say that, but then if you go back to the like the the splash page, he did have bullet holes in his chest piece. So yeah, we're guess. trying. We're still trying to figure out where those came from. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, if you've been here for the last issue, well, I wasn't here for the last issue. <laughs> anyway. Moving along, we get more of the Penguin and the Mad Hatter um, going on and on about their remote influencing and the masterwork of how awesome, awesome these gas masks are. Now, the Penguin really does look vicious in these. I mean, if I saw that, I would creep. I'd be creeped out. It's it's, it's not pretty. Yeah, it's like a weird mix of creepy guy. And then, like, the greaser thing, piece of hair falling down in front of his face just doesn't look go bode well. <laughs> um, and now is when you kind of get Dick Grayson remembering what he had done throughout the night while under the influence. Um, so you get, like, a panel of him, like, oh my god, and then you get more scenes of what happened. Um, 
like like this one right here where you see the big knife on his hip as he's as he's uh, kind of stalking up to Katrina Falcone uh, and then him talking to Barbara basically trying to tell her what he did and what the penguin made him do and then he blacks out so we go back um, to the not so present the past as it were <laughs> and we see him pull out his knife and Katrina bites him causing him to drop it where he handily thonks her backwards into a wall head first it would appear and then gets bazapped by none other than Black Mask and his cronies which actually knocks the mask off of his face mm. and then of course you get the little talkie talkies from uh, Black Mask and, and all of his people talking about how he's probably the penguin but it reeks of the Mad Hatter but what they don't know is it's both oh yeah uh, going on over, uh, Dick gets hit in the face with the hilt of a sword, and, well, actually, no, I'm sorry, he cut his wrist. I looked at that wrong. He got his wrist cut by the sword. And, guess what, kiddies? We have another issue of Dick Grayson getting the crap beat out of him. I haven't seen this much beat down since the L.A. Riot videotapes. Mmm. Dick Grayson's run has been froth with it. Um... Alright, you do get the really cool scene on the next page where uh, Dick Grayson is like all bloody. One of his little eye cover thingies has been broken. And uh, they're trying to figure out why he can talk because he's been under the influence of the toxins. Where he reveals that he has a slight antidote that allows him to control some of his free will. And then he punches Black Mask. And Dick Grayson gets his one shining moment in this comic book before being blam 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 there's where the bullet holes came from falling into the ocean hmm. which is why he washed up on the beach then we turn over to the final page where he falls out of bed he crawls over he needs his tunic he pulls one of the bullets out of it and says that he can think clearly enough to know who Black Mask is and then you have the Bum 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 to be concluded next month. Eh, and then you have that first wave crap that I don't plan on reading. Mm. Previewed in the back of every freaking book I own almost. It's even in the back of some of mine. Yeah, it's everywhere. Um Well, how did you quite feel about this issue? I liked it. I I liked it. Um Dick Grayson getting the crap beat out of him on a regular basis is always a good thing to me. Uh, hater. I, I'm not a hater, but he's not Batman. Well, he even says that. This is true, and he is very correct. But the world needs a Batman. No, the world needs Bruce Wayne. Well, Bruce Wayne isn't been isn't around right now to show field him shoes, so... No, but he will be very soon, if you've been keeping up with the source, or if you read Batman and Robin this month. By the way, you should check out Batman and Robin. As good as the Batman books are right now, Batman and Robin is the best thing going on in the Bat franchise right now. Yeah, that is true. I really like that stuff. Yes. Batman and Robin is amazing. Uh, it's like I, I, can't, I was like, I'm waiting on that Batman versus Robin. Yeah, that's coming mm-hmm. very soon. Matter of fact, that was my pick for upcoming event. Oh. Um, well, I'm going to say this issue was good. It wasn't quite as good as last month's issue. Um, 
not I won't say it was because story wise because there was a lot going on, but I just didn't like the way that they flip flop back and forth so much. It got really irritating about halfway through the the book. It's like yeah, if you're going to do a flashback, at least make it a couple of pages long before you go back to the present. Yeah, and this one was like this page we're in the past, this page we're in the present, this page, and it, it just got really 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 bad so I'm going to give this one two batarangs out of five two batarangs two batarangs two batarangs I don't know well I have to vote I have to give it a score even what though I hadn't re- actually read it I was just kind of <laughs> looking at it as you were going through and commenting well you don't have to but mm, well, uh, from what I saw I can't really say a whole lot about it other than it looked good no, I enjoyed the Dick Grayson run as Batman a little more than you. I, I'm totally enjoying it over in Batman and Robin. I'm not enjoying it so much in the Batman main book. Well, I'll say three batarangs. Three? Yeah. Three? Three. All right, three batarangs. <laughs> All right, next we have um, Superman 697. And... um. I, I really like the cover. Uh, anything with Crypto instantly scores points with me. Oh, yeah. Crypto is just the best dog ever. He's even better than Old Yeller. <laughs> if any of y'all don't know what that is, find out. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure a lot of you don't. <laughs> Who doesn't know what Old Yeller is? Well, we know it down here, but some of your listeners elsewhere might not. That's true. That's true. Old Yeller. Come back, Yeller. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, it's it's a cover of uh, Monel, um, Crypto, and Connor playing playing, playing Superfetch. Superfetch. I can only imagine he's probably going to throw that damn thing to China. It wouldn't make it to China before Crypto caught it. That's true. So because Crypto is just awesome, he'd leave his hand and Crypto would be right there, catch it. Well, that's probably true. Now, if Clark was the one throwing it, on the other hand, it might take him a little longer. It's like, if Clark threw it, it would leave orbit. <laughs> <laughs> if he wanted it to. Alright, this issue is written by James Robinson. Um, Bernard Chang was artist part one. Uh, then you had Javier Pina, who was artist part two. Don't see that very often. Um, blonde is the colorist. Apparently he has one name. I think me and Danny have been over that before. But his name is just Blonde. Mr. Blonde. Mr. Blonde. Uh, John J. Hill was the letterer. Kafu with Santiago Argus did the cover. Another one-named person. What is what is up with that? Will Moss was the assistant editor. And Matt Idelson was the editor. Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Isn't it amazing how they credit both of the Superman creators, but they do not credit Bill Finger? Usually, no. Usually, they never credit Bill Finger. It's irritating. But anyway, I'm sorry. This is the Man of Valor, the Espionage Squad, Part 1. Um, is, this is uh, actually, to be completely and utterly honest, I have read this book, but usually I like to sit down and look at them in extreme detail before I go through them, and I have not had time to do that with this one, so bear with me. Just like you're bearing with the fact that I haven't read half these books. <laughs> exactly, except the only problem is neither one of us have a very large grasp on this one, so this should be very entertaining for our listeners. This is Trainwreck Part 1. Yeah. Um. Alright, well you have Mon-El, 
and um, an alien who is yelling and looking very different. <laughs> it's and like half his face looks like it's not green, and then the other half looks like it is green. I don't know. It, just so you know, he is colorblind. That is orange. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> and his hand is all stretching out and looks weird on the end. Um, anyway, we flip over, and then we see him in his true form, and it's his little secret. And, of course, it's control. And then, of course, you know, they're like, no, scratch that. What are you? Come on, talk. Did you kidnap the real control? And he's like, no, I am the real control. I've been hiding this from you. Blah, 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 blah. Really convoluted storyline here. And um, I've been hiding like this because I look really goofy. <laughs> pretty much. And then you see beam control into the into the ground. And, of course, you see the military. And they have come to retrieve the alien. Uh, he states that he is never outmaneuvered talking to someone, God knows who, uh, General Lane asks him who he's talking to, and he says a teammate, when you see his little spaceship that kind of looks like uh, Black Manta from Aquaman, except in spaceship and not black form. <laughs> I don't know. Um, of course, it's Quizlet, and then you see all the and Monel blocking bullets with his hand and his thigh and his chest. And controls up there like, go easy on him. <laughs> yeah, you're going to go easy on the guy that is blocking bullets with his pelvis. Mm. <laughs> I, w I would run from that man. Yeah, so our two intrepid heroes take off, and guess who is knocked off of his shield by another blast of energy, presumably from the same place as the one that hit control. And now we're going after control. He is chasing him. And Monel is telling him to wait. He says he can't. He is now in full butterfly, dragon, wasp, whatever the fuck that, oh, whatever that is. I have to edit that out. Yeah, it looks kind of weird. And then of course Wilcox comes in. Yay! And then you see quote unquote Superman flying toward Monel, then flying through, which that is a really cool page right there. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we know that he's not actually there. It looks really cool, like, where their capes are together and the colors are kind of meshing. Yes, where it just kind of, like, fades from Monel's blue into, into Clark's red. Yeah, that is probably my favorite page of the whole issue. I really like that. Um, So now we have all kinds of people showing up on the scene. Uh, of course, they've been messing with his mind. And now they kind of have him a little dazed. <sighs> and then it, it I, I actually, I can't lie. I can't tell you who most of these people are because this is the, like, the second book in this series I've read and none of these were in the other one. So bear with me. <laughs> I will do my research next time. I just did not have the time. Um, and then of course... We see none other than Steel, who, I'm sorry, Steel is awesome. He looks cool. Yes. He was the man motivated by Superman to become a hero, and he is awesome. Uh, so he starts going to town on uh, 
on Monel's assailants. They team up. Oh, wait a minute. Does, this, does my eyes deceive me, or is it like a half Superman, half Batman thing going on right there? Yes, it is. And that is, there was an annual where you saw uh, this whole half Superman, half Batman thing. I have that comic book. I'll have to let you read it. It is awesome. Yes, you will. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, for those of you that haven't, it's uh, you have like half the costume kind of sewn down the middle. And All right, just picture Two-Face with half Batman and half Superman instead. There you go. Even the cape. <laughs> uh, then we come over and we have a shower scene. <laughs> They're all getting lathered up. And once again, I haven't been keeping up with this. Uh, this book is why Danny was supposed to be here. Uh, this was his assignment, so... Yes, I'm doing terribly. Terribad. Terribad. I don't even know who these people are. The only person I can tell you in this comic book is Steel Monel. I don't even know who Monel's girlfriend is. Uh, I just I have not been keeping up with it. So <laughs> if if you if you want a more in depth explanation of this, I'm sorry. The rest of the books will be covered much better blame Danny for once I am not the bad guy <laughs> um so then we get uh then we Mon- go on to the next page and Monel is knocking out a circus freak in green stripe green and black striped pants in or an orange shirt with black suspenders who ba- was wearing a green Irish like hat <laughs> <laughs> poo poo green baby poo green and then mysteriously we flip over and there and Connor and Monel, where the crab did Connor come from? It's just like boom. Hi, how you doing? Uh, see, I haven't read this. I don't. Maybe these are like flash scenes from another issue. But bam, he's there, and um, they start talking, and then it cuts to where they're playing fetch with crypto in different clothes. I don't. It's, this is awful. I'm going to get so much hate mail for this issue. And then all of a sudden, Crypto is fetching a steel rod. But then again, with Crypto, you probably have well, to have something like that. Well, yeah, if you look at it, he was throwing the steel rod all throughout the issue. I don't know what the wood thing is on the cover, but it's some kind of steel rod. And Crypto looks amazingly small. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they basically get down to talking about all their stuff, whatever this stuff is. Um, uh, Monel starts talking about how he spent his time in the Phantom Zone. Connor fights with Crypto to get the steel bar back. And then ask Monel why he needs a rocket. And he says he'll tell you he wants it because dot dot dot. And then it cuts back to when they were in the city, and he says, of course I trust you. So I guess that was a, a flashback from a previous issue where they were talking about why Monel wanted this rocket. And apparently he wouldn't tell him unless he trusted him. Um, then we have Connor and Monel flying away from the circus freak with the poo-poo green and orange black suspenders uh, flying away. You're talking about Ma Kent's apple pie? Apple pie. Apple pie. No. What? Rhubarb pie. Rhubarb. Um, 
and then this issue gets and then this story arc continues in Adventure Comics number 8. Do you know why it will continue in Adventure Comics number 8? Why? Because Clark Kent, a.k.a. Superman, a.k.a. Kal-El, is returning to his own series for issue 698 before the last stand of New Krypton, which will start another new miniseries where he will be in his own book again, probably. But for one issue, at least one issue, he will be back in this one, which moves this story arc to Action Comics. Mm. Weird. I know. Why didn't they just go into it? I don't know. They do weird things sometimes. But, eh. What are you going to do? Now, let me rustle some papers around. I actually have notes on some of these. Rustle, rustle. Rustle, rustle. Um... Alright, now we're going to move on to the final... World of New Krypton! The final issue, number 12. Alright, the cover, you have uh, Cal-El in his military uniform holding a tattered flag looking all sad with the landscape of New Krypton behind him. Uh, he doesn't look like Rodney Dangerfield man in this one, which is good. No respect. No respect. Um, but still, not a big fan of the military, the Krypton military uniform. I don't know. It looks kind of cool in it to me. I, I mean, it's okay, but eh. Well, I think it makes sense from a point where on Krypton he's not. Well, he is Superman, but he's not like above and beyond everybody else. Not in physical prowess and straight power, he's not. But in morality. Morality, yeah, um, but still. But no, uh, he's a commander. He holds a, a military rank, so of course he's in the uniform. And it doesn't look bad. As a matter of fact, I would love for Bruce Wayne to see him in black and gray. <laughs> I mean, he gave him enough hell about the black backdrop on his S after his resurrection. Um, but anyway, moving into the issue, uh, page number one. Uh, you have Adam Strange's inner monologue because, as as you remember, we we last left our intrepid heroes, and I use the term hero for Adam Strange lightly. <laughs> Hater. Yes, I am. Uh, they had the three Kryptonians there, which was Kal-el, Tamor, and uh, that other guy had been zapped with the. Yellow, the red sunlight beams that drained their powers and they had switched to kinetics and they were about to fire and kill them all uh, so Adam Strange has this inner monologue about how it feels like everything is going is going like super slow he feels like he's moving really fast uh, he wonders if this is how Superman always feels and he moves his fingers to a button on his belt buckle Buckle of the belt. Buckle of the belt, which leads to his teleportation device. Alright, now before I go any farther, we have Greg Rucka and James Robinson as the writers, Pete Woods and Ron Randall as the artists, Nee Rufino as the colorist, Steve Wands as the letterer, Gary Franks with Brad Anderson on the cover, Lejron for the variant cover, another one, what is it with bat, with uh, Superman books and one-named people? Why? I guess they just don't feel like... I guess they're too lazy to give their whole name. Possibly. And with a name like Luzron, it takes so much effort to say that name. I would, too. <laughs> Will Moss is the assistant editor. Matt Idelson is the editor. Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster for the second time in this podcast. 
Um, eh, the splash page. He looks like Rodney Dangerfield Man again. Oh no! <laughs> uh, and so does everybody else. <laughs> it looks really bad in the bottom right picture. <laughs> yeah, um, these faces are terrible. Uh, but you see, kind of like the the military facility giving way into some weird place with star-headed people, and then to the into this jungle. Um, Adam Strange is like. You know, he he used his uh, Zeta Beam to teleport them, but he's God knows where they were. Uh, Clark reveals that they are still on Krypton, and that's not good. Um, Adam Strange talks about how beautiful the landscape is here, and that's when they noticed that before they teleported, Tamor was shot. Uh, Superman moves to help him, and he has been. It looks like he's been shot near the heart. Yeah. Superman wants to take him to the medics, but Tam Or doesn't want to because he knows what awaits him. Um, he wanted, you know, he says he wanted to save the life of all of his people, and he's basically just laying there about to die while Superman's kind of holding him. Uh, uh, Commander Gore and some of the military guys move in to arrest Commander L and Adam Strange of Earth for treasonous and unlawful actions. Um, Gore points the gun at Soups and says that, you know, by his count, they're just shy of 20 minutes still under the red sun effect, which means Superman has absolutely no superpowers at this point. And Gore basically begs him to resist. He wants him to. He wants to kill him. Uh, Clark basically, you know, gets all huffy boy scouty superman he's like you just killed an innocent man you think because I don't have my powers right now I'm no threat to you Gore I'm more dangerous right now than ever, ever. and then Gore like puts the gun to his face and says let's test the stand down and then he gets yelled at to stand down and then we have Zod return and as per tradition on this podcast when we first see Zod what do we say Kneel before Zod. Come, son of Jarrell. Kneel before Zod. Do crutches before Zod. <laughs> One before Zod. Two before Zod. <laughs> Back to the issue. Um, he comes in. He is basically demanding an answer. Of course, Ursa is there. Uh, he demands answers of Colonel of Commander Gore. Um. He basically starts going into the spiel about the fugitives attempted to escape. He is told to shut up. His commands were no lethal force. And he tells him if he has no, if he can't follow orders, he has no business giving them and demotes him. Right there on the spot. Ooh. General Zod actually doing something cool. Yeah. Uh, And then of course the counselor stands up and says that the commander was acting on his authority uh, Zod uh, basically corrects him on Gore's new rank and tells him that while he's in uniform he does what Zod says not the council <laughs> because it's his guild it's his orders he tells the counselor to go away and he tells Ursa to take Tamor's body to the medical place with respect dismisses everybody (laughs) 
basically, look at Clark's face in this picture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a 10-pound waterhead. I don't know what that is. Um, he basically tells him that, you know, he knows he has questions about the the, med- the research facility, and they'll be answered later. Then he asks Adam Strange to leave, because while Adam Strange is currently uh, kind of an ambassador from RAN, this is a, uh, a very touchy situation. Uh, to which Adam Strange um, glows away. Drinky, drinky. Drinky, 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 drinky. Uh, then Gore, uh, Gore, wow, Zod and Cal L um, go into things about the case. If Tamor told him anything, um, he knew who was responsible, but he died before he can tell him, so that leaves them back where they started. Uh, they go back over the case with Marley and blah, blah, blah. All the stuff from previous issues basically giving you a recap of what's been happening on New Krypton. Um, then, as they continue to give plot exposition for the, the, the next page, there was someone else that was mentioned, and that was Raldar. And, of course... There's been conflict there before. <laughs> As you know if you've been reading. Uh, he doesn't believe that there was any betrayal, but there was someone misleading them. All these people assassinating these leaders of Krypton were misled by someone. Uh, which Zod gets mad about. Uh, we get more plot exposition. Blah, blah, blah. Then fire! <laughs> yep. Uh, we uh, we get to the firefalls, which I've always been one of my favorite things about uh, Krypton. It's awesome. Um, I'm trying to remember this guy's name. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, he's sitting there and they're talking, and it's revealed that Clark has figured out that he is partially behind all this to which he punches Clark across the room reveals that his home is fitted with insurance against the eventuality of this happening he is and Clark has been bombarded with a concentrative beam of sunstone crystals that's akin to synthesize the gold kryptonite mm. bum, bum, bum. these are some nasty villains yes they are he basically makes fun of the whole Superman title, picks him up. Uh, his name is Ree Quinn, by the way. That's his name. Um, basically go on that this was all leading up to a war with Earth. Then we go into what started it all uh, with, you know, the woman calling herself Superwoman coming in and starting all this. Not very good stuff. Uh, now, I know we've talked about his face several times, but what? <laughs> the, the art, no, the art in these books is great until you look at the faces. Until you look at their faces. It's like it's you like, take the faces out and they look good. But other than that, it's great. Other yeah. than the faces. 
we find out that these people have actually been working for General Lane of Earth to weaken Krypton. So it's like trading traders. Mm-hmm. Because they were going to give them power uh, of the government of Krypton ruled by Earth. But the, the conspirators were going to be given the power over it. And then, then uh, what I say his name was... Uh, Re Quinn basically decided why share it, so he started killing off all the other conspirators. Um, then, of course, Superman didn't come alone. Uh, all his little, all his little uh, lesser-ranking people come in. Red Sun Re Quinn in the face, and then you skip away from that. Did they kill him? Did they not? Who knows. I'm sure they didn't. Not with him there. Probably not. As a matter of fact, if you turn over the next page, it actually says that he is in secure holding. They had him captured. Uh, and of course, Zod comes out, you know, wondering why Commander Kal-El has not returned his summons. Because people usually jump to obey him. Uh, he says that he didn't see much point in it. Uh, that nothing was going to happen, and that's when Zod tells him that he was wrong. The counselors granted the Laborers Guild a seat on the council, all thanks to Clark, and it was um, it was his friend Tirvan, which was the guy I couldn't remember earlier. Uh, they basically go on about uh, how uh, Clark doesn't feel that he's been there forever, but he doesn't feel like he's made a difference, even though he just completely fundamentally changed the way their society worked with the Laborers Guild getting a councilman seat. So, eh. And then they mention a second chance. And then they see a blinding light. And he says, you were talking about second chances, Kalil? And then you turn over and you see the big brainiac robot. We just lost ours. <laughs> just lost it. And it says, to be continued, and then in parentheses, but not the way you're thinking, in Superman 697. And then in one month's time, in Superman the last save of New Krypton number one. <laughs> Retardation. I don't get it. Yeah, like, why don't they just go straight into Last Stand of New Krypton? Oh, well. Uh, uh, they, whatever they're going to do in that Superman issue, they could totally just do in, like, a Superman Last Stand of New Krypton issue zero or something. It, it doesn't make sense. Or at least it doesn't to me. Um, well, how are your feelings on this little story arc? I have actually really, really enjoyed the world of New Krypton and stuff. Well, I haven't read most of the earlier stuff. I just haven't. But it seems like something I would be interested in, like Krypton being around again. Yeah, well, it, it, it takes that um, that that plot arc of, well, everybody has Superman's powers now. What makes him special? And you get to see, like, the whole... The series is great. I harped on it last time, and I'm probably going to harp on it until I finish reading everything with New Krypton. Uh, but... I feel this was a very strong issue. I'm going to give it three and a half shooting fire from my eyes out of five. Oh, well, I said, I'm, I haven't even read any of that series, so I'm not even going to try to give a score on it. Fair enough. Although, whatever score I would give it, deduct one half point for, <laughs> for bad faces. <laughs> yeah. But... As you know, we've made references to Dangerfield Man in the past episodes. I don't know what they're thinking. 
Now, finally, finally my friend Clayton will start to get vocal because he has read these next two books. Oh yes. Oh yes. It's going to be sweet. Oh yes. The, these were, were two very, very good books. And I actually have full notes on these. So, uh, Because these were my assignment. The Batman and these, and Danny was supposed to be the ones that were kind of lackluster. Uh, but, uh, you know, stuff happens. Alright, before we even go into this, this is Blackest Night 51. It was written by the great Jeff Johns. The art was by Dove Mankey. Colors by Randy Mayer. Letters by Rob Lay. The cover was by Mankey, Chris, Christian Alamy, and Hi-Fi. 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 Whatever. <laughs> it's like Jesus. <laughs> Variant cover by Greg Horn. Associate Editor Adam Schlagman 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 Editor The the Late The Great The Amazing Eddie Braganza Ooh Oh yeah Alright Now this cover You have um, You have Hal Jordan as Parallax on one side Then you've got Atrocitus Carol Ferris Nestro Barflees Indigo One And Saint Walker On the other side Clashing with him With Black Lantern Spectre in the background Yes At least I think it's Black Lantern It is It is And the one thing I did notice When I first saw this Was how he is cupping His hands around them all Oh yeah I did not notice that When I first picked this book up But that's really nice Um And actually Uh We're not covering Green Lantern Corps But if we were uh, they have very similar colors because on the other one it's Red Lantern Guy Gardner on one side with a big red glowy chainsaw and versus then everyone versus everyone it's it's it, you and, can obviously that series tell. is equally good yes it is Green Lantern Corps is great uh, as a matter of fact I would say that right now Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps are just as good as Blackest Night mm-hmm. and that's saying a lot. Uh, opening up to the first page, we get to see a lot of sickness with William Hand because every time they show him, he looks nastier than the last time. Oh yeah, that's like one grungy ace smile. Now you gotta edit that out. No, we can say ass. Oh, you can't? Alright. Yeah, yeah. And he's telling them to give it back. No. Well, wait, that's not him talking, is it? No, that is not him. He is smiling and reveling in all the chaos and, and death. And then someone yells, give it back. Of course, it's Larflees trying to get his lantern back from Lex. And this is just so hilarious, these two fighting. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, they, they, fight, they fight over the, uh, the orange lantern. They're just like going at it, and Lex is like pulling in. You see Larflees like, getting pulled through the air. I'm sorry, I have like... Now, now here's, this is probably one of my favorite things in this book, is Larflees is telling him that he doesn't deserve, a re- th- deserve it. And then he's like, what are you talking about? On my planet, it's all about owning things. And then Larfley says, perhaps your planet is worth saving after all. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do like this right here because this right here, to me, shows you how powerful uh, uh, the, the whole Orange Lanternry is because it's hoarded so much power. Um, as, as you know, when Agent Orange kills someone, he can channel them through his ring as one of his minions. Uh, and Lex obviously wants Superman, so he's kind of trying to go at it with the, blood, with the Black Lantern Superman, and obviously holds him back, because after that, you don't see him. Mm. Uh, then Larflees grabs a hold of Lex with all of his people, and then they have that, that part about, you know, how his plans are worth saving after all. And then, enter Black Lantern Spectre. 
But below, you see that Larflees comes away with the black lan- with the orange lantern thing. Yes, yes. Larflees does get the orange lantern back. And I've fallen in love with Larflees. <laughs> He's awesome. Um, Alright, and then we move over uh, to page two and three. Or, no, I'm sorry, page four and five. We have basically Parallax. Parallax is basically having his way with the Spectre in this picture. Yeah, he's like shooting stuff into his chest. Yeah, and just talking about how and the spe- very good it is to be back. And the Spectre just looks like he's getting his face owned. Like literally, his face don't look too good right about there. <laughs> and it looks worse later on. Mm-hmm. Um, then as we move on over, uh, there's lots of talky and killing Black Lanterns. Who have all of a sudden become so easy to kill. Well, no, it's not that. It's just that they, when they channel their energy together, they can recreate a small portion of the white light of creation, mm-hmm. which is why it takes multiples of them, multiple colors. Um, there's Mara, who has become amazing as a Red Lantern. I'm going to be sad when they take it away from her. Me too. Um, we got that going on. Uh, <laughs> and, of course... You've got, you know, basically all the little talky-talky. Um, they're warning Mary to stay away from people she cares about, but of course she refuses. Uh, Trossa says that the more her rage empowers her, the more it 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 uh, powers him as well. But he senses a greater rage in his presence, which oh. was discussed in the last issue when he wanted the specter. Um, and then we, we move into... Uh, Parallax, like, beating the, the crap out of the Spectre with a Green Lantern from his ring. Mm-hmm. And talking about how he missed his host, Hal Jordan. But, and then you have that sick Parallax grin. With the pointy teeth and everything. Now, it looks like this Green Lantern thing, though, is actually breaking apart while he's using it on the Spectre. Oh, well, yeah, it is. It's like... It is. That it is. Um, now, let's see. Flip over a page, and we see Parallax rip out the Spectre's eye. Hmm. The Spectre's just wigging out. <laughs> yeah, Parallax says fear will always exist, and Spectre responds, so will rage and vengeance. And I am vengeance. And basically... Say no, you're a masquerade. Uh, as we move on over, we see him inside of the specter, looking for the true spirit, the true specter. And he's kind of taunting him, and he's like, do you not wish to still judge me? And then, of course, you see the old school specter in the green bubble, as opposed to how it's been since he's been a black lantern. And he says, yes, Parallax. And that's when you see the face of the real Spectre, which is inside the construct of his body. You will be judged. And that is a really nice page. Uh, You see, like, the the energy of fear and willpower around the Jordan-Parallax combo. Uh, And then the the Spectre face, which looks like Zordon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. He moves up to him. Uh, He's talking to him about... Being God's weapon of bloody justice and being chained. Nah, we were talking about faces before, so I have to mention this pedophiliac, whatever that is, on Parallax's face right there. Well, he's getting ready to have a good time. 
I'm not going to touch that with a ten foot. <laughs> and then uh, Hal Jordan parallax combo destroys the ring. That well, he 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 rips open the face. He pulls it out, and he actually releases the specter from his imprisonment. Well, it's because he wants to fight the specter, not the knockoff specter. That's true. And then you see him rip out, and you kind of see the specter's actual form pulling away from what looks like a black and decayed uh, Black Lantern-ish form. Now, if you notice, the specter has no goatee. Does you know what that means? What does that mean? That means Hims has no host. Mm. Hims is just the specter. Oh, you see Ganthet, and he's like, how Jordan did it? And then they have to save him. Um, and, then, and then Hal Jordan is actually fighting against it. Say, save me, Carol. No! Parallax no. is coming back in. Oh, wait, no, wait, never mind. I misread that, that. That's Parallax all the way. Save me, Carol. No, I'm not the one who needs to be saved. The yeah. Spectre will be destroyed. And then this is the part I thought was really cool because the Spectre actually says that other than the Anti-Monitor, Parallax has more blood on his hands than anything he's ever faced and that he will die today. Uh, then we move over to this Dante's Inferno advertisement. Doo, 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 doo. Which was a really big disappointment. <laughs> From what I've heard, I haven't played it myself. Um, then Parallax rips off the Spectre's face. Yes, right after... Uh, Right after Atrocitus says that he will not fail the universe as he failed Rayut. Uh, he rips off the Spectre's facial skin. Then you see yellow chains wrap around the Spectre. I mean, I mean the Jordan parallax. parallax combo. Yeah. And it says, and he says, you need to be put on a leash. He said, and then Parallax is like, you don't control me. And then Sarastar's like, I'm not talking to you. He's talking to Jordan. And then this is when you see Atrocitus force the red lantern ring on the specter and at the bottom you see the whole red lantern specter eyes with a ba-bum yeah and, and on the next page look when i first saw this page of the specter like red lanterning out oh yeah i, got I was tingly. like oh crap i got all tingly and excited it was awesome tingly and excited yes tingly and excited somebody loves their comics oh yeah uh, but yeah, it's really cool. You see, like, the veins popping out all over his chest and arms and everything. He just looks like rage. Um, then you see Parallax and Sinestro fighting, which, hey, I think this has to speak something for, for Sinestro that he's over there going toe to toe with Parallax, who was just kicking the Spectre's ass. Mm-hmm. And of course, Red Lantern Spectre does his face fire breath on both of them. Uh, he turns to Atrocitus. Tells him that he is not the entity of rage he seeks. He is God's rage. Not well, I have his. faced the rage, that you, the entity of rage that you have fight that you are looking for. And if you seek him out, he will destroy you. And then you kind of see him, half Red Lantern, half normal. He reaches out. In fact, it even goes to a point like where he's like half yeah. the conversation he's saying is in Red Lantern bubble and half is in Spectre bubble. Yes, he reaches out and he grabs the Spectre. And he says, he admits that he fears him and his kind and the primitive power of emotions. But that fear will connect you to him while Hal Jordan is anchored to her. And then he he, he kind of like shoves him out there. He grabs one side. Carol Ferris grabs the other. And they pull, which rips. And then you see like this awesome little picture of Hal Jordan being ripped out of 
Parallax Hal Jordan and how <laughs> and then and then Parallax being ripped out of Parallax Hal Jordan, mm-hmm. which is really sick. Um, then of course you see Carol Ferris and and Hal looking kind of shaken up. Uh, Sinestro goes after Parallax to control him. Parallax yells for him to let him go. Um, then they try. Then he he. He disappears, and it says that he is being pulled away by an unknown force, location, and reason undetermined, even by Hal Jordan's ring. When you see Parallax bubble, no, 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 no! And then, what do you see? Hector Hammond, and it says, it has Parallax. If that's not foreshadowing, I don't know what is. Mm. Um, And then as we kind of start to draw the issue to a close, you see Spectre as himself... Uh, and then Hal Jordan, you know, kind of asking for a little favor. Uh, the Spectre appears before Necron and tells him that he will be judged. Does his little hand thingy. Nothing happens. He's surprised that he can't strike him down. Necron reveals it's because he has no soul to judge. And that he's not alive. He is darkness. And then he just kind of walks straight through. <laughs> straight through. the. He walks straight through the Spectre. And the Spectre's like. Yeah, he just tells him to be gone. And then... And then the universe will die now. And you see, like, the all-star awesome squad of what is a Black Lantern right now. You've got Hawk, Hawkman, Hawkgirl. You've got Superman. You've got Black Lantern, Aquaman, Black Lantern, Martian Manhunter. You've got Oliver Queen. You've got Necron himself. You've got the Guardians they've captured. That's a scary, scary, scary force to fight. Mm. And then, if you look at this, um, this particular plot arc moves straight into Blackest Night 7. So, um, what were your feelings on Green Lantern 51, Parallax Rebirth Part 2? It was really cool. I mean, just the whole thing where Parallax is trying to fight to fight the real Spectre, not just this Blackest Night knockoff clone. <laughs> I, I, see... I'm a big fan of the the Parallax Jordan because Zero Hour is one of my favorite series of all time. So I have a special place in my heart for Parallax. Um, But probably to me, the coolest part of this whole thing was Red Lantern Spectre, even though it was only for like a second. It was great. Like a page and a half. Yeah, and it was great. Um, Just like, why? Why couldn't it have gone on just a little longer? Yeah, I'm going to give this one... 3.75 3.75 I'm trying to be stingy 3.75 what's? Rings Okay All black All black rings? Yeah Well, uh, you know, I really liked it in the way that it was done A lot of the, it was, the art was really good The story was really good a lot of cool things happened, especially with Larflees and Lex fighting each other. Yeah, that was that was nice too. I give this four point two five lantern rings. Oh, out of five. I think that's the highest rating a book has gotten on our podcast yet. Oh man, I, I'm I'm ruining it for you. <laughs> now, one thing you notice if you pick up Blackest Night Seven is it feels thicker than the rest of the books. Oh yes, it is. But then again. Oh, don't comment on it yet. Look away, look away. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking away. I'm not going to comment. All right. Now, before I go into anything, let's cover this, even though it's even though it's almost the 
are in a lot of respects the, the same group. Writer Jeff Johns, pencils, uh, Ivan Reese, colors Eau Claire Albert and Joe Prado, colors Alex Sinclair, letters Nick Napolitano, covered by Reese Albert and Sinclair, the variant cover was by Rodolfo Migliari, the associate editor was Adam Schlagman. Adam Schlagman, Schlagman. Schlagman. <laughs> and the editor, the late, the great, the amazing Eddie Braganza. Yes. All right. Now, it's I'm almost just... like Smucker's Jelly with a name like Braganza. It's got to be good. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have to say about this cover: all of the Blackest Night covers have been great. They've all been awesome. They've done a really good job with the covers. And not dissing this cover at all because it is good, but this is the weakest cover of the series. Mm, I will have to agree with that. It really is. But, that, that, but it still looks good. Yes, I'll give it's, it. it's still a great cover. Just they, It had a high bar set from the last one. Um, and I have to say, while he looked retarded at first, Jonathan Crane looks cool in this issue. Mm-hmm. He really does. It's Which, like, so. thank God. He's even got that little weird smile going on his face. <laughs> or at least I think that's a smile. That's <laughs> the closest thing you can get from a smile from Jonathan Crane. Um, Open it up. We oh. see... Yeah, we, we have Necron... Yeah, dragging foot. a guardian by the foot. <laughs> well, that would be Black Lantern Superman grabbing oh. him by the foot and dragging oh. him over to the circle. Stupid S. Yeah. Yeah, stupid S. Stupid yeah. S. How did you miss the shield of Jarrell? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you have Necron... Threatening to bury the Guardians as deep as they have buried their emotions. When asked why he vowed to protect life and guard the universe, one of the Guardians replies that he does not remember. And his his all the complaining we've done about faces. This is Blackest Night. Ivan Reese's faces are awesome. And the tears mm-hmm. you feel it. You really think you see, you see the emotion? It's like the emotions coming back in that guardian. <laughs> yeah, he's feeling it. Um, and we move over to page two and three. We've got all the the main lanterns that have been involved in this fight. They're deputies. Uh, they're all ineffective against Necron, but at least Jonathan Crane is having fun. And now the only complaint I have for this book is, you know, Yellow Lantern. Jonathan Crane was using those really cool birds. Now he's got monkeys. Flying monkeys. Flying monkeys. Why why do we got to go from birds to flying monkeys? Come on. It's a Wizard of Oz reference. Still, I don't care. (laughs) I do not care. You don't like the flying monkeys? No, I don't. Uh, I like them. Um... And then basically, you know, Necron is not paying them any attention. Oh, and Lara Flees wants a scythe because Necron has one. Yeah, and it looks good. <laughs> he wants one. Like, Bring me one! And then, um, basically, you know, they're, um, it's like how Jordan explains the difference between this guy and why he's different from all the other villains they fight because it's not personal to him. But then you see, but it is personal to me, me Lanterns. Lanterns. William Hand. Ba-bum. With his bright, glowy black lantern ring. <laughs> his bright, white, glowing black lantern ring. Yes, it's quite disturbing. Um, but he dives into his little monologue there, and he recognizes Atrocitus, and it kind of goes into their little history about how Atrocitus tried to kill him long ago. 
but he was stopped by Hal Jordan and Sinestro. <laughs> but then again, good thing that happened or we wouldn't have this story. Oh yeah, and this story has been epic. Very much so. Uh, you see William Hand stab his hand, that sounds redundant, into Atrocity's chest, but he can't find his heart. Because as we've learned, the the Red Lantern rings completely change your physiology, and the ring actually becomes your heart. All your other vital organs are are pretty much done after after so long after so much exposure. Uh, Hal Jordan explains that, and then hits William Hand with a green glowy pimp cane. <laughs> the, looks like a pimp cane to me. Looks like a freaking holy relic cross to me. You know, it's got the yeah, but it, it's a pimp cane with a cross on top of it. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, then basically, William Hand kicks the crap out of out of Hal Jordan, and uh, then Jonathan Crane saves him with a pitchfork of yellow light. And basically, you know, he's like, "For the first time in my wretched existence, I feel alive." And your kind won't silence. I want screams. I want your screams. And then Lex is like, "Scarecrow." And then everybody starts trying to to tell Lex to help them now. If if you know, he won't do it for for uh for the world, do it for his oversized ego. Jonathan Crane, Crane is like, This is my moment and then Lex is like, No, it's mine. Now the only thing that would have made that more creepier if you would have had that pedophiliac smile from the last issue and been like Smine, Smine, Smine. <laughs> that would have been terrible. Uh, alright, and then Lex attacks Jonathan Crane. Yeah, and then Mara, you know, what the hell is he doing? He succ- Indigo 1 reveals that he has succumbed to the orange light. Uh, Laura flees. He's <laughs> like, hey, hey, you're not supposed to do that. Lex yells, give me your ring. He grabs Jonathan Crane and pulls the ring off of his finger. And now he's screaming for everyone to give them all of his rings. But all of their rings. After he puts on Jonathan Crane's ring. Mm. So now he has and, a yellow ring and an orange ring. And then he like football tackle, fly football flying tackles Mira. Yeah. And yeah. starts going on about how it's all his. And then she's wearing a pretty red ring. And he has that pedophiliac smile again. And he's like rubbing on Mira's face. <laughs> um, and then we cut to 10,000 feet above Coast City. Uh, there's all the Black Lanterns from everywhere up there, and John Stewart's like, oh crap. He's doing a pretty decent job of holding them back, as we've seen in past issues. Or at least distracting them. <laughs> at least distracting them. Uh, but there's not really a whole lot he can do as far as long term. He can't contact anybody on his ring. But then you see warning, emotional spectrum detonation imminent, and you see kind of the white light and all the different... Uh, Spectrum of light ring symbols coming from the side of the the panel there, and then you see the most awesome page. Well, and for once, Guy Gardner gets to look like a cool guy. He's still wearing a leather vest. That's not cool. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> a green leather vest of all things. Uh, but yeah, you see all the all the members of all the Lantern Corps. A st- Still say they totally should have put a tr- um, Kilowog in the front of that group. Could have, would have, should have, but they didn't. They put Guy Gardner there. Ugh. Hater. <laughs> I am. You don't like Guy Gardner either. So? Um, I'm trying to give him a chance. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. 
Okay. Well, you continue to give him a chance, and I'll just... It's like, I never gave him a chance. I'm trying to give him a chance. Well, I did. <laughs> I don't like him. Uh, let's see. All right, we, we move on over to the next couple pages. You see all the lanterns fighting uh, this mass of black lanterns. Uh, oh wait! And then you see Kilowog doing something really gross, snorting stuff out of his nose. Well, yeah, but you have the the airwave is at the top, and you know he's like, you know, none of you will be telling anyone anything, Mister Gardner. I control the volume out here. And then you see Kyle Rayner just kind of like with his arm up on Kilowog, all casually. He's like, you don't want to get, get into a shadow match with Kilowog. <laughs> and then signals start coming over everyone's ring telling them that they all must fight as one core give up all their previous fights and keep moving to which guy gardner has his typical response of unite as one as one core keep dreaming uh then there's the number crunch of they would have to take on three billion four hundred thousand and twenty three black lanterns apiece if it was just the green lantern core and he's like, well, if we team up with everybody, how many is that apiece? 2,712,919. And that's an improvement? Heck yeah, it's an improvement. And then uh, then you have Kyle Rayner wondering if the other Landons are actually going to watch their back. And Jon Stewart being the only logical person here, apparently. So they've got re- good reason to. Which he has a point. Uh, then you see uh, Pig 4, most awesome character in Blackest Night, Dove. Basically, just destroying Black Lanterns left and right with her presence. Uh, she can feel something working through her, and somehow she can destroy the Lanterns with just a touch. And then she thinks maybe she can destroy the power source. And then you hear something yell, Necron, let me out. And it looks like it's trying to push its way out. Yeah, and it looks really, you see, like it's, it's impression on the Black Lantern battery. Then we go back over to Lex, where they're trying to separate him from Mara, because if he takes her ring off, her heart has stopped and she will die. Um, Necron, and then we go down below, and Necron's talking to the Guardian. And this is, like, probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen a Guardian do. Like, do you have any final words, creature of deceit? Yes. Long live the cult. And before you can finish, Necron slits his throat with his scythe. Yeah. And then, of course, we have the whole... Hal Jordan thing, damn it, I knew Luther was trouble. Where'd Black Hand go? All that question gets answered as we see him reaching into the Guardian who was just killed and pulling out his heart and what looks like some other pieces. Mm. He rips it, he literally It's a reaches, big gory mess. <laughs> yeah, he reaches in through the neck slit and rips the Guardian's chest open. Says death to us all and then places all the little glowy pieces that he pulled out of him in the center of the black lantern symbol which has been drawn on the ground um, and it lights up the lasso of truth is around Lex Luthor's neck as Wonder Woman has joined the fight against him and he reveals that the truth is that Lex Luthor wants to be Superman Oh. <laughs> uh, then we have the guardian's corpse laying there looking all crazy Necron says death to us all and I said death to you all. Well, death to you all. That's what I meant. Uh, then apparently Ganthet knows how this works. He says he's murdered one of the guardians and he's made contact. And then Sinestro asks contact with what? And then you see the Necron. Trespasser. Rise! Yes, the word says trespasser. It's a really cool 
uh, close up with the reflection in his eyes of the guardian's innards. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then as he yells, rise, white light burst through the ground. There's all kinds of crumbling thing. And then we have another Dante's Inferno advertisement. Woohoo, letdowns. Hey, but it does have blood and gore and tens of violence, nudity, and sexual content. Mm. Still didn't help. Uh, and then we see the entity the of light. light, of the white light of creation in some sort of cocoon of light. And then it makes a biblical reference where it says, He said, let there be light, and there was. This was the being that created life. The light. And then, of course, Lex Luthor says that it's bright. He wants it, whatever it is. And then Lara Flea says, no. I want something new, human. I want your life. Necron rears back his scythe. Sells it says, I want all of your lives, invaders. And he thwacks at the being of light, yells, die, and everyone, everyone feels the pain. Except for William Hand, who probably feels it, but he likes it. He's a naughty, naughty boy. Naughty, naughty. Naughty, new, new. Kind of reminds me of that old episode of uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Naughty. <laughs> um, Hal Jordan asks, what is that? Ganthet replies, it's the entity. The entity, he says, responds. Paldron responds, the living light bestowed upon the universe that triggered existence itself. And then going back to Ivan Reese's amazing ability to show emotion, as the Guardian reveals, uh, or as Ganthet reveals the Guardian's darkest secret, you can just see, like, the sadness and, like, shame on his face. When uh, he says, the Guardians may be the oldest living beings, but life did not begin on our world. Life began on Earth. We buried this fact, this fact to keep the entity protected, which yeah. totally pisses Sinestro off. In fact, he even attacks the Guardian. He does. Well, Ganthet's not really a Guardian anymore. Well, not really, but he was, and it's pretty much. Uh, he he basically says, just like they buried Parallax in the in the the power battery, just as they buried the massacre of Sector Triple Six. Uh, he said, and then Ganthet replies, it was imperative not to draw attention to Earth. Um, and then Sinestro goes on about Abensur. He knew of all of it, and they destroyed Abensur to protect their, their own lives. lives. He let the universe believe life originated on their their homeworld just to protect their just to justify their authority. Now he's like, now I'm going to justify mine. And then you see his yellow spike hit Ganthet in the shoulder, while. Hal Jordan's like, Sinestro! Uh, now we see the entity of white light being struck again. Ow. Sorry. And you see all the different faces of people. Even the animals are feeling the pain from this thing being struck. Basically, every living creature in the universe feels this creature's pain. Uh, and then, of course, Barry Allen asks, why isn't it fighting back? Hal Jordan's like, hey... Maybe it's like Parallax. Maybe it's like Ion. A living power. But it needs a pilot. So he zooms off to be the greedy little person he is because he's already been Ion. He's, he's already, already been, been Parallax. And then, but something cool happens. Sinestro. Sinestro projects an image of himself, tells him no. He had his chance with Parallax, and this is his duty. Knocks uh, Hal Jordan backwards. States that that's why he's alive. He's here to lead them out of the blackest night. He grabs on the entity. He, says, he demands its power. 
I want the power. I want. To, I will finally prove to the universe. And then it's so cool how you see the whole page just kind of fade to white, and then at the bottom you see Thal Sinestra of Korogar. Destiny awaits. And on the last page, or on the last two pages, it's a two-page spread of Sinestro as a White Lantern. The first White Lantern. This is big. This, this was the most exciting thing I've read in comic books in years. Yeah, it was really great for me, too. I mean, I remember when I read this, Cody's, like, hanging over my shoulder, like, you almost there? You almost there? Boom, baby! I, I had to be. It's so epic. And then he declares that he is the greatest Lantern of them all. And, of course, the next issue is beware his power <laughs> and I'm, I'm sorry but Sinestro being the first White Lantern is epic epic it's I didn't expect it it's totally awesome it's a great twist um, I mean they're doing two things with Blackest Night that I really like Dove is going to be very integral and probably the final solution and then you give Sinestro the entity of White Light it's being triggered creation. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, two things. Two things right there that you just didn't see coming, and it's amazing. It's amazing, and they did such an amazing job. Um, Blackest Night Rocks. I'm going to give this book... You go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, just for the fact that I got to see finally see, well, see Sinestro slap, slap, slap Hal Jordan aside... Cause I actually cringed when I saw Hal Jordan flying towards that thing until I saw until I got to the next page and I'm like, thank God. <laughs> it it would have been a a, a very um, expected turn of events had Hal Jordan done it. Mm-hmm. I saw that was a, uh, that was a, I just did not want Hal Jordan to get that power to get that. I'm like, no, come on, anyone but him. Yeah, it's, it's it's way too obvious. But Sinestro, on the other hand, great, great, um, right. I'm going to give this one a 4.75 White Lantern Sinestros. Oh, man, we got four and four and three quarters of them. Man, that's going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to agree. This is awesome. So It is, and I would give it a five, but then again, I don't know how the series is going to end, and I, I don't want to give anything a five. I think a 4.75 is probably the best you're ever going to get out of me until the return of Bruce Wayne because <laughs> I'm a fanboy. Yes, he is. Mm, you should just hear him whenever, just go off and off and off and on and on and on about how much he hates Dick Grayson as Batman. No, it's not that I hate Dick Grayson. He just hates him as Batman. I just hate him as Batman because he's not Batman. He says this. I, but still. But somebody has to be Batman and Bruce Wayne ain't around to do it. Tim Drake would have been a much better choice. Well... That's all of our books. Um, have you worked out anything on your uh, my anime podcast? If anime? I'm actually gonna do one, yeah. I don't know. I just it's like ah, I'm lazy. <laughs> I might decide to do one. Then again, I might wind up being stuck as your permanent co-host. Who knows? Because Danny. Danny's running into all kinds of problems. <laughs> yeah, Danny is having some complications with a lot of things right now. Hopefully, he'll be back for the next episode. So yeah, so. All of you guys keep him in your prayers, I guess you would say, if yes, you or do your, that kind of thing. Whatever you do, think about him. Think good thoughts about Danny. He's so, my sidekick, after all. Like, like, just be like, I believe in Danny rushing. <laughs> exactly. I should get pins made. <laughs> I believe in Danny rushing. Um, well, yeah, as, as I just hinted at, uh, Clayton here was 
thinking about doing an anime or manga podcast, but oh, yeah. that that's been in the works since before wait, like a month before. A month before this one started. A month and before this, this like one started and crazy. He, he's made no headway whatsoever in coming up with anything. Um but who knows if if it comes out, uh you'll know about it on this podcast. I'll point you to it and we'll get the ball rolling, try to help him out, get some listeners. Mm, if it happens. If it happens. It should. He's going to pressure me. I am going to pressure you because podcasting is amazingly fun. <sighs> um, but see, I actually, I, I like doing the reviews, but actually the, the more laid back episode every month is the one I enjoy the most. Mm. Because I can just sit here and be the bad guy and everybody hate me and I enjoy it. Speak, let's see, oh, I haven't said anything anybody can hate me about today. I have to think of something because it's kind of my point on the podcast is to be the bad guy. Um, hmm. The bad guy, Cody shit. I didn't get any hate mail about saying Aquaman sucked. I didn't get any bad thing about Kyle Although Rayner. you did get some stuff about people agreeing with you. I did get some stuff about people agreeing with me. Where did you knock my mouse a while ago? It's over here. No, because no, 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 no. I do, I have, I have something that I have to read. Let me pull it up here because I'm unprepared. Let me go. You are not prepared. I was Probably not prepared. say that. <laughs> eh. Hey, who knows? I may end up doing a, a Warcraft podcast or something. All right, uh, I have a letter Just here. We're both completely addicted to that game. Yeah, it's nearly the only thing I play right now. I know, and I have all these video games I want to play. It's like comic books and WoW. It's comic books, WoW, and work are pretty much what I do right now in Waffle House. Um, but as you all remember, Jen Scott, the the winner of our Adam Strange contest. Uh, sent me a, a a lengthy wall of text on Facebook and I like to read out our user uh, feedback so let's get to it uh, it's entitled just listen to episode 2 all the way through finally um, and she says aw the black hat disassembled all of my beloved pro Adam Strange comments that's right I got the hat and the mustache on right now mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't actually have the hat on well, actually, yeah, he does. Yeah, I don't have a mustache, but it's a figment of my imagination. You, you can't have a you can't be a bad guy unless you have a mustache. It's not true. <laughs> it's not true. Anyway, uh, the black Which hat Luther don't have no mustache because <laughs> he don't have any hair at all. <laughs> the black hat. This is all of my beloved. Beloved pro Adam Strange comments. I didn't realize it was such a sore topic. Well, it is. You just don't know how sore. <laughs> like, for a while, he stopped talking about how much he hated Dick Grayson as Batman and started talking about how much he hates Adam Strange. <laughs> it's that bad. Yes, it is. It, it's not like I'm crazy about the guy. I just don't hate him either. I also agree with Aquaman, with the obvious exceptions of his inexplicable bad acidry. In Blackest Night. Anywho, episode two was a really great show. Just a few things of awesome note. Number one, love the Red Sun reference. Just so you know, Danny, who isn't here, Red Sun is one of my favorites. Uh, what's this about a kettle? You piqued my curiosity, something fierce. Facebook, Danny. Poor But once again, Danny's not here. And trust me, Jen, you don't want to hear that joke. It's terrible. You'll literally want to gouge your ears out after hearing it. Uh, number three, I busted a gut when Cody did this, so I'll do it again. You doubt my power ring? 
Hayden Christensen equal worst part of Star Wars. Seriously, I believe he knows it's ahead of Jar Jar Binks in terms of awful, though I may get my butt kicked via the internet for saying it. I totally 100% freaking agree with you. I'm right behind y'all. Uh, like, Jar, Jar Jar Binks was terror bad, but Hayden Christensen... Oh, that's I could go an entire... I, I'm going to start a Hayden Christensen hate club podcast that... I could do that. I could rant about it for days. Because you know the only thing that's going to happen is he's going to get more series series that we love and ruin them. <sighs> look, look out for Hayden Christensen in the next Power Rangers movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> then he'll be on there. Like, you know, how they always have that excited, he'll be on there. Kia. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See... Also, sorry Cody, but no Johnny Depp is Sinestro. Not that he's not awesome, because he is. But Mark Strong, freaking born to play him. Did you see him in Sherlock Holmes? Uh, he gave me the creepies in a good way. I think he'll do a massively great job. He's even got the big head and Widow's Peak already. Slap a mustache on him and some purple paint, and I think he'll rock the... Kesbah. Kesbah. Kesbah? I think that's what it means. I don't know what that means. But I uh, get the meaning. Well, there's a song called Rock the Casbah. Oh, okay. Uh, I loved Victor uh, Garber's voice over of Sinestro in First Flight and would be totally down for him playing Sinestro, but he just doesn't look the part. So barring Victor Garber suddenly dropping 20 pounds in 10 years and doing it himself, I think Mark Strong would rock it out loud, but that's just my opinion. I, I, I think Johnny Depp would be great as Sinestro. Uh, I haven't even seen Sherlock Holmes, so I can't comment on that one. Neither have I. But I did think of someone better. Who? Who have you thought to play Sinestro? More cowbell. Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell? No. <laughs> no, not Will Ferrell. But you said more cowbell. <laughs> yeah. That's who's in that scene. Who else is in that scene? Who, who is actually saying more cowbell? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Come on, dude. That would be great. <laughs> yes. Speaking of more cowbell, I'm actually wearing the more cowbell shirt. <laughs> I couldn't see it through my hoodie that you're wearing. It's not yours no more, dude. That's all there is to it. He steals my stuff. All of it. Um, and then we have number five. I can't do it. I can't do the challenge this time because Sinestro is made of wind and Hal Jordan is the freaking man. They both rock. My personal inclinations run more towards Sinestro, which is why I'm counting that as a vote for Sinestro whether you want me to or not. But this is more because I always love the villain more than the hero in nearly everything. Seriously, my track record reads like I'm some sort of villain groupie, which ought to be a real job, I think. Why not? Well, then again, in real life, you, you see, like, groupies for, like, famous good people. You never see, like, groupies for the Oklahoma City bomber. No, stuff. you really don't. Well, Charles Manson had groupies. Yeah. But that's a little different. That was more of a cult. I wouldn't call it a groupie thing. <laughs> but anyway, before I get some hate mail on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Charles Manson equals not cool. Exactly. Uh, however, on the topic of overall awesome, I think they're both too awesome to compare. And that's what I have. And it's too late to be brought up in episode 3, probably. But I still wanted you to know, love the show. We'll keep listening. Talk to you later. Jen Scott, a.k.a. Michi for that Danny kid that what knew me in high school. Well, 
What do you know? It wasn't too late to be brought up in episode three because episode three got delayed like four times. Mm-hmm. And it's too bad that Danny isn't here for the Michi comment. It is, it is, but he will get it and he will hear it when he listens to this and cursing me for recording without him. Mm, and he'll probably curse me too. He's like, Dad, Crane took my spot. I'll go get him. <laughs> no, Danny wouldn't hurt a little fly. Well, he would hurt flies, but like. Hmm. Oh, and um, I was going to give a shout out to one of our listeners that Danny and I have both had conversations with, and he actually uh, had a little comment war with me on our status the other day big shout out to brad glenn who has listened to us from the beginning he's given us good criticism bad criticism we take it all in stride but uh hope he's liking the show uh anything else you would like to say my dear friend i don't know possibly look forward to my my manga podcast that cody's going to pressure me into doing that's right i'm gonna you know what i think i'm gonna make him do it by the end of the month i'm gonna pressure him into it well, I have to pick a series that I'm going to do first. I might as well just go with my favorite one that everyone hates. Everyone makes fun of people who read this series, Naruto, you know, the Naruto. Naruto. Uh, everybody hates it for some reason, but I love it. Damn it. Um, darn it. You can say damn. I can say no, damn. Okay, no, we can say things that you can say on TV. Well, See, Danny cringes like that, but he's like the Sasuke fanboy. Who? You. I'm not Danny. Why did I say Danny? Well, Cody says that, but he's like the Sasuke fanboy. I mean, he wouldn't I'm, believe. No, I'm not I'm not a Sasuke fanboy. Oh, yeah, I like, he is. No, I like one character from that show. That's because he's a pervert. I don't even remember his name. Jiraiya? The dude... The Toad the, Sage? No, the dude with the mask and the thing over one eye, and he was dead when oh, he wasn't. Kakashi. Kakashi. Well, there's two perverts in that show. One of them's just a little more obvious. Oh, okay. Well, I couldn't even remember his name, but he's the only character I like. Uh, let's see. What new is coming up? Uh, if you've been checking our blog, if you haven't, you should. That's www.crisisoninfiniteblog.blogspot.com. You'll see that we've been posting up reviews for a local comic book store, which has given us all kinds of stuff. That's Heroes and Dreams, located down the road from the Dogwood Promenade in... What is it? Is it... Is it Pearl? I would say it is. Pearl Flowwood? Flowwood or Pearl. It's Flo-wood. about the same thing. Yeah, They're Flo-wood. right there together. Flowwood. Ran from Flowwood. If you get to Walmart, you've gone too far. Go back. You missed it. It's a great comic book store. Well, if you're coming from Walmart, if you get to Promenade, you've gone too far. Exactly. Turn around. Exactly. But they're a great comic book store, great people. If I go in there, I'm Unfortunately, though, st- Comics by the Pound is now over. We will miss you, Comics by the Pound. We will. Well, here's the hoping they have like a limited section coming soon of comics by the panel. Yes, if you guys are listening, that would be an excellent idea. Just have like one little long box back there or something like that. You know, have it comics by the pound, so you know the, you know, just so we can get our back issue fixed and not have to like cut off our arm and leg and sell it on the black market for like zombie Frankenstein parts to some mad scientist. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Hopefully, more than one little long box. I'm like maybe like one table. Yeah, well, we'll take what we can get if yeah. we get anything. But if not, we can't really complain. They're still cheaper than anywhere else around here. Especially vans. <laughs> Let's bash people that are local. Thank you. 
Huh? Let's bash local comic book stores. Thank you. Well, Vans is expensive. Well, they are. They have a huge selection though, but they are expensive. Well, yeah. If you're going, if you're looking for something specific, they might be better to go to. No, but no, I will not say that. I'll yeah, not say that. Dale, Dale helps you find. will help you find anything you want. Yes, Dale and Jay will. If if they don't have it in the store, they will do their darndest to find it for you. Which is why I like those guys. Uh, but anyway, like I was saying before, I got derailed. Uh, if you check out our blog, we have been doing uh, written reviews and audio reviews for them. Uh, they're really short. I think my audio review was just under three minutes. So check that out. Um, like I said, uh, I'm pretty sure most of you have added us on Facebook. But you know, if you haven't, go ahead and do that. It would be first name, crisis on, last name, infinite comics. Wait, all right. I will say one more thing about this podcast that you're trying to pressure me in. So if anybody actually wants to listen to that, who's listening to this, email, email these people. And That's right. Speaking of email, you can contact us via Facebook, uh, or you can send an email to the Crisis on Infinite Comics mailbox, which is Crisis on Infinite Comics, no spaces, at gmail.com. You can send any questions, comments, or anything to either one of those places, and they will be read aloud on air if possible. Uh, and they will definitely be responded to in some way. But I was like, but as I was saying, like if you actually want to hear something like that, instead of just saying, "Well, I'm going to do Naruto first, uh, if you actually read manga, which is essentially just comic books in it too, yeah. send in an email to the Crisis on Infinite Comics thing and tell us what series you would like me to do first. Oh, user-created content. Yeah. All right. Um. I'm still trying to think of what I can... T- I know what I can say to get the ire of all my listeners. The rebirth of Barry Allen is terrible. You people... <sighs> no. You... All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me say it again then. So you look. Barry Allen is awesome. All right. Well, let, let me finish. Let me finish. Because Barry Allen is awesome. But... But... Wally West is infinitely better. Wally West is better, faster, stronger, more awesome, more interesting a less two-dimensional character and Wally West is my Flash and he will forever be my Flash and when he gets shoved under the rug you people are going to miss him and you don't even know it yet I won't miss him you're all caught up I like Wally no but I like Barry Allen because Barry Allen is just Barry Allen he is the Flash no actually Jay Garrick is the Flash he's just a guy with a helmet (laughs) what what anyway (laughs) (laughs) see now I'm going to get a flag (laughs) Nobody cares about the JSA. <laughs> the Geriatric Super Society. Nobody cares about them. Anyway, uh, but yes, you all are going to miss Wally. And you don't even know it yet because you're all caught up in your little Barry Allen fest. And and this is the last thing I'm going to say. But Barry Allen, you, you, you're not going to want him once you get him because he's two-dimensional. You're going to miss Wally. You're going to want Wally back. There will be cries in the street. There will be mass hysteria. There will be hate mail sent to D.C. because everybody will want Wally West back. Hater. Wally West is awesome. And I, I guess that's it for today. I think that's going to get more ire than anything else I can think of. Mm-hmm. Um, unless I say uh, Bruce Wayne's the Phantom Stranger. Now, <laughs> that's the, that's an argument that Danny and Cody have on a regular basis. Write in if you're confused about that, and I will explain it to you. I will explain it. it you'll understand, even though I know it makes no sense right now. But um, I guess that's it for tonight. I am Cody Shit. And I'm Clayton Femar. 
And this is us saying sayonara.